Welcome to the Monday Morning Pastor Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by a partnership between Missio Alliance and Kairos Partnerships. What's up, JR? Hey, Doug. Good to see you. Uh, again, we're still not in person, yeah. but we're still having fun here by doing this uh, virtually. Yeah, we are. And it's great because we've both been able to do a lot of tutorials on makeup and lighting. And so <laughs> <laughs> we look better than we normally do. <laughs> Oh man, but I'm so glad we continue to, uh, to, to, to engage in these episodes and how important it is. And Doug, I don't know about you and how you're feeling, but just the amount of intensity just keeps getting cranked up higher and higher for pastors. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. It was funny. I was sitting outside on, uh, just a few days ago and it, we had a really interesting warm spell, uh, here in, in the greater Philadelphia area. And I kid you not, the sun was the most intense I've ever felt. And it just felt like, are you kidding me? Even the sun feels intense right now. Like it's the fall. Come on, tone it down somewhere. But yeah, it is. I mean, this is a hard season for pastors. This, it, and it almost feels like, uh, I think you've used the word, um, in, in your interview with Mason King a few weeks ago, uh, unrelenting. Yeah. And it's man. Yeah. Yeah, But with the unrelenting stuff, we're also coming into, you know, this week we, you know, we, we celebrate Thanksgiving in the United States and it's kind of interesting having a lot of the difficulty in which we've been experiencing, but yet, uh, being ushered into a time that is normally filled with family and, and joy and great food and celebration. Yeah, it's 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 um it's such a unique time. I, I've wondered what not just Thanksgiving, but even the Advent season is going to be like. And I think normally sometimes there's like the the Thanksgiving feel of like, yay, we're grateful. And I wonder if there's gonna be much more of a somber heaviness of wow, we're grateful. Hmm. And I wonder if it's going to be that much more deeper, that much deeper and more meaningful this time around um, because of that. I, I certainly hope so. And so you and I talk about, you know, thankful, being thankful is something we do or sort of a feeling, but gratitude is sort of who we are. It's sort of a, a practice that we cultivate. And so what does it mean? I wonder if, if this year it's going to be, instead of Thanksgiving, it's going to be gratitude giving mm. in terms of the depth and the meaning of which we might approach this moving forward. So, um, yeah, we've talked before about kind of the low hum of anxiety, the ambient anxiety, as Mason King talked about. And, um, you know, what, what does that mean to live with that? How do we still be grateful even in the midst of this low hum of anxiety in the background? How do we do that? Yeah. And so we're excited to kind of talk about that a little bit uh, here in this time. So, yeah. yeah. And what I appreciate is, uh, you know, this episode, we are looking to talk about that. We're also looking to, we're, we are hoping to be able to give a good overview of the ground we've covered in this season. And my yeah. goodness, we have traversed some, uh, <laughs> if, 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 if this was a hike, it would be like warning, uh, uneven ground ahead. There's just been a <laughs> lot of really uh, engaging and challenging and, and heavy topics that we've had an opportunity to bear witness to over, over the last month, uh, over the last few months uh, in this, in this podcast. And just as an overview, I mean, if we think back in this season so far, Doug, um, just reflecting back, we, we had Patrick Schwenk on talking about his cancer. You know, how do you pastor when you get a cancer diagnosis? We had Sean Palmer on and he was talking about the Enneagram and, and among many other things, but also talking about it, that week that we were recording, there was a hurricane 
coming for Houston. That's right. I mean, literally like that afternoon, um, they were trying to wonder what to do in his own community. Um, so, so there's that. In addition, you know, we talked with Pastor Silva about persecution in India and what does that look like? And, and then we've talked with Chris Backard about fresh expressions and formations of church, even in the midst when church doesn't look the same that it's been this year as it has to others. We talked to the Matsons about the integrity gap. How do we close the integrity gap? And since talking about that, I mean, just last week, there was another major pastor who's known around the world who was caught in an affair mm-hmm. and admitted to it. And I mean, has had a worldwide influence, even among celebrities and, you know, famous athletes around the world. Um, so the integrity gap we've talked about, you talked to Jamie Ayton and uh, about disaster and disaster relief. And, and what does that look like in a time of disaster? How do we lead through that? I, I talked to Tim Sorens about what does it mean to focus less on the church as pastors, as counterintuitive as that is and talk more about the kingdom. Uh, again, we re-aired Dave Eckert, our friend Dave Eckert on mental health, and then Mason King. And we talked about that ambient anxiety and comparison that can easily creep in and insecurity that can creep in. So think about that, Doug. Cancer, Enneagram, hurricane, persecution, new forms of church, the integrity gap, disaster, uh, focus on the kingdom, mental health, and ambient anxiety. <laughs> Man, season. It's been the season. It's been the yes. year, hasn't it? It really has. It really has. And and I think those. I think what's so fascinating is that the pastors that I speak to and the people in my community that I speak to, that that sounds like a normal conversation that happens on a regular basis right now. And like this is not something that is excluded just in a pastoral world, but there is this ambient anxiety and and these topics are are being addressed or being felt at least, uh, you know, worldwide right now. And so it's so, I'm grateful that we have an opportunity, A, to be privileged to having the conversations with the folks that we had opportunity to have conversations with, but even just to provide some value and some hope in the midst of all of these things. And I'm grateful for the way that our uh, our guest uh, didn't just leave us hanging in the difficult season of, yeah, everything stinks. It feels like we're in the middle of Ecclesiastes or we're Job, but we're able to give us some hope and point us to Jesus in the midst of all this stuff. So yeah, th- there's just been so many, so many important conversations that I feel like we've had. So yeah, just, I know, you know, we were chatting kind of beforehand just about you know, this episode and what are some things that have really jumped off the page for you that you've been able to sit with? Well, I mean, I I think, and you touched on this, I appreciate all of our guests, which is totally in line with our vision of this podcast is they talked about the harshness of the, of reality met with the hope and joy that still exists because of being connected to Jesus. And that's always been our heart. That continues to be our heart. If you're a new listener and you're wondering what is the Monday morning pastor about, it is both raw and hopeful. And I think all of these interviews that we've done throughout this season have been raw and hopeful. Um, If we're too hopeful and we aren't honest and raw enough, it comes off sounding like a Christian Hallmark card. And if it's too raw uh, and real, but there's no hope, it's quite depressing and then spirals us even further into um, just real 
realizing what a terrible year this is. And so we've got to have that rooted in reality while also seeing hope and joy in that. So I just appreciated all of that. I really appreciated your interview with Jamie Ayton. I, I really found that to be incredibly helpful. His own story, very articulate, uh, very thoughtful, but also some very practical tools that he gave us in the midst of that. So uh, I really appreciated um, that uh, a great deal. You and I love Pastor Silva. Mm. And so it was um, such a joy to be back with him yeah. and uh, and to know that uh, that persecution is very real. And uh and, and so with the internet, we've got to be even more careful about what we say about Pastor Silva uh, for his own physical protection right now. Mm. So those, those are a few that really uh, uh, stuck out to me. I always enjoy talking with Tim Sorens. I, I just really appreciate the way that guy is just a, a, a catalyst for change in neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that so. was my first exposure to Tim. Um, you know, you, you dropped off his book and I loved his book, but even just how, just there's a winsomeness about what he's talking to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I like this guy just has this, he sees the kingdom coming up in the way that I, I, I want to continue to train my eyes to see it. And yeah. I just really appreciated the hope that was there. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Doug? What, what were some of the, the either the topic or the, yeah. the interviews that stuck out to you? Well, Again, just because it's it's the freshest uh, in my mind, but your the interview that you had with Mason King, I think w when he when he talked about the ambient anxiety, there was like uh, he he was able to name something that I've been experiencing that that I just I, I knew it was there, but I don't think I was able to put such such practical words to. Um, and I think too, just that whole interview, really thinking about the way that. Uh, what formation looks like in this season for me. And uh, even realizing too, like I, I just felt this, um, this encouragement to continue to, to, to press into some of those things. And, and I mean, I eat up a lot of the stuff when people uh, rail against social media, because I, I just don't, I, I think I'm kind of like wired that way, but I, I appreciated not the railing, but the, the helpful engagement uh, and even just the tools of what it looks like to uh, how do we properly engage uh, technology. And he said something that I actually shared with my six year old and 13 year old. I said, uh, one of the things that he was talking about is how, um, you know, the, the savior is in our, the savior in our pocket and how we look at the phone as like the savior for boredom and the savior for this and that and the other thing. And we had this like amazing conversation for almost 40 minutes to be completely locked into how this is deforming us and what it looks like to allow it to form us and be a tool for our use instead of making us the tool. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really, I was really appreciative of that. Um, yeah, I, I just, always loved, uh, I still will always love anytime we get to be with pastor Silva too, but I think the gift there were his, his tears. Yes. Um, yeah. there are just so many, so many beautiful moments about that conversation, but just the gift of his tears. Uh, it, it made me think like pastors, it's so great for us to have people in our lives, uh, that can preach the gospel to us and still find the emotion behind it where you just see the rawness and the reality of how good Jesus is. So really grateful yeah. for that. Um, super hot take uh, and something that makes Jamie Aiton even cooler, but we actually 
wear the same glasses. So JR, myself, <laughs> and Jamie all have super good taste. And <laughs> it was funny when when uh, when we zoomed in, he was like, oh my gosh. He's like, we I think we're wearing the same glasses. I was like, I thought the same thing. It's like, we should just have you on as a permanent guest because you have really good taste. Um, but yeah, and two, I think even just, I appreciated when the Matsons named the fact that all leaders have an integrity gap. It's just a matter yeah. of, is it, is it shrinking or expanding? Yeah. I feel like that was, that, that was very, very, very helpful. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, gosh, every single one, uh, every single episode and, and, you know, spoiler, I've said this before, but I, I always listen to the episodes on Monday, even, even when I have an opportunity, which is great since you and I have done some on our own, I've been able to yeah. be like, Oh wow, this is great. I get to hear it for the first time. And that's something new that we've done this season. We haven't done before are these, uh, one-on-one -on -one interviews where you do a few, I do a few, and it's really great. You're right to, to be on, to be a co-host on, the podcast and yet to learn uh, yes. new things as the episodes come out is a real treat for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I've just been noodling on it, what the, the themes that have kind of come out, right? Like there's a lot of variety of different things, but what are the themes that have really popped for you in the season? And yeah, just briefly, I, I really think one of the, one of the big themes that I've noticed in this is the importance of friendship and yeah. relationship and how it just seems like each pastor we've talked to has either mentioned or specifically named or talked through the importance of having friends and not uh, not people who are looking for you to be a pastor. And so I feel like that was a theme that uh, has been really important and even sparked some pretty significant change in my life. Um, I, I would say I'm one of those guys who, who thinks friendships are really important, but has struggled to put space of just connection on the calendar, uh, because sometimes I think it probably feels like a waste of time or something, or just, you know, Oh, people won't have, it. I make up a ton of excuses, but since September, I've had moments of just meeting up, uh, usually every other week, unless it's a real like messy, rainy night, uh, but just meeting up around fire with some friends. And I've just really appreciated that. And so I think that's been something that's really shaped me and a theme that's really uh, bombarded my soul. And I feel like I'm paying attention to that right now. Any themes mm -hmm. for you, JR, that have just stuck out, kind of overlap? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I, when you said around the, the fire the other night about friendship, I think you're right. I, that is a pattern that has come up time and time again in these, the importance of, of friendships. And I think of what Henry Nouwen said, that pastors need people who don't need them. Mm. To have friends that just, we just don't, uh, we, we can take the pastor hat off and just be us. They're not impressed by us. And I'm imagining some of our listeners here listening in saying, yeah, I want friends like that. Where do I find friends like that? And yeah. if that's you, I'll say it's been years where I have prayed, God, just, just bring somebody in my life who is intentional with me where I'm not always the one reaching out to them. Yeah. And, uh, and just within the last year or two, the Lord's answered that with a, a friend of mine and, uh, just a couple hours away from me. And, uh, it's been such a life giving thing for me to just know he doesn't need me. I don't need him. I'm not impressed by him. He's not impressed by me and just regular check-ins and connections. We just went hiking in the Poconos just a couple of weeks ago together. And then we just go to this Irish pub and just sit and hang out and have dinner together. And it just, it's been so life giving. And, but I just want to say to our listeners, if that's you and you find yourself saying, I want friends, I don't know where to find friends to say, don't give up 
up praying for that. Yes. Don't give up looking for that because there have been seasons in my life where I just thought well, I should just give up. It's just not possible for me to, to have, you know, and we were joking about this around the fire the other night, Doug, but you know, the, the meme that, that I saw a few years ago where someone <laughs> said, you know, how come no one talks about the miracle in the new Testament of Jesus being in his early thirties and having 12 <laughs> close friends? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's amazing, you know, yeah. and yet those 12 friends abandoned him at the end, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, spiritual friendship is hard. Mm. It's hard when we're a pastor. And I think we just need to name that. I think I've lived with the lie at times of like, what's wrong with me? Mm. I must be a wrong kind of leader, a wrong kind of pastor because I'll initiate and people say, yeah, sure. I'll hang out, but no one's initiating with me. And so something's wrong with me. Why can't I do this? Why does it seem like everybody else has friends and I don't? Yeah. And um, yeah, there's been seasons of capital L loneliness. Hmm. Um, and that's another thing Henry Nouwen said, like the, the two hazards of ministry is that there's personal loneliness and professional loneliness hmm. that comes with being a pastor. And so I just want to make sure our listeners uh, hear and know that that friendship is important. It is hard. It's rare. And, uh, but don't give up, don't give up praying or pursuing those. It's still worth it. You know, I really appreciate that JR, because I feel like you kind of named even without naming the, the things that pastors look for in a friend. And I think that the one thing that you said is that I'm not impressed by you or I, I don't need you. Like, I feel crazy when I say that out loud, like, you know, like the kind of friend that I need is one that, that doesn't feel like they need me. It's like, it's this weird kind of backwards way of thinking, but I, I think you're right. And even feeling too, like the person that initiates without, um, where it, it's not always flipped on you. And I think that's one of the hard parts. One of the challenges of being a pastor is that a lot of times it is sort of placed on you to initiate, right? Like, Hey, I got to check in. Someone's doing bad, you know, someone's having a hard time. And so I'll check in or this is going on and I need to pay attention to that. And so it's almost like we become hyper vigilant on other people. And sometimes it can be really challenging when, and I think even noticing times in my own soul, I've, I've experienced bitterness where it's like, because I'm not experiencing that on the flip side yeah. and just how, you know, first of all, I'm grateful for the community that I'm a part of and, and the ways in which they have checked in on me. And, and I, I'm so grateful for that. But even in terms of just, I think having a friend who you can share life with and even share some of the adventures with like hiking in the Poconos, I think that's such an important space where I know for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a fisherman. And so, um, you know, I'd say one of the things that's really great is my fishing friends are people that I'm really able to share life with because we do something together too. And right. I think sometimes it's hard because I feel like, sorry, I wonder, do pastors, do pastors look for pastors to pastor them or do pastors just need people that are just going to be able to just do life, shoot the breeze, hang out, mm -hmm. you know, go for a walk, have a beer together or have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea where it, you know, like how much of friendship is just about it being serious. Cause I think sometimes as pastors, we feel like everything needs to be a serious formational conversation. Yeah. And sometimes the beauty of formation and friendship is it's just everyday ordinary stuff, mm -hmm. um, that 
helps us to be formed into the image of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that there, you know, there are spaces for pastors to be pastored, right? So there are counselors, there's spiritual directors, there's coaches. This is why we started Kairos Partnerships mm. for people that say, I need some infilling. I need just people pouring into me where I don't have to pour into others. Right. And so that's available. And for any of you who are out there that say, man, I, I, I need that. Talk to us, shoot us an email. We'd love to talk to you further about some, some ways in terms of coaching and spiritual direction that, that that's why we exist. But I think there's that sort of lateral move, you know, of just saying like, I just need friends to just hang out. Sometimes we just need to, you know, just, yeah, go for a hike. Sometimes it's deep spiritual stuff. And sometimes it's just, Hey, let's just talk about, you know, the game, the game this past weekend. And I think that that's, that's missing in the lives of a lot of pastors Mm -hmm. and, and that's hard. And, and uh, about 10 years ago, Doug, I distinctly remember talking to Megan and saying, I just don't feel like anybody's reaching out to me right now in this season. And every time they do it, there's some sort of agenda and need. And I'm honored to be able to serve in that way, but I just want to hang out and have a meeting. I don't have to lead or that there's not an agenda. And I remember I got a a text from a a buddy saying, Hey, let's get together. Would you be interested in getting together and, um, and grabbing, grabbing a beer? And I said, sure, uh, that would be awesome. So super excited. And, uh, and I sat down, I distinctly remember where we met. I walked to it here in town and I sat down. And as soon as I sat down, he said, well, now that you're here, what I really need to talk to you about is this issue in my life right now. Mm. And I just remember being so deflated. I think my face didn't show it, but I was there and I helped him and I was honored, but I, I just felt, I don't think he meant to trick me, but I just felt emotionally tricked yeah. in that moment. I'm just saying, I thought you wanted to hang out cause you liked hanging out with me. But what I'm realizing in this moment is you needed to hang out because you have a problem that I can help you address or work through. And so, and then I just remember walking home feeling guilty of saying like, why am I complaining that someone trusts me with their vulnerable story? And I get a chance to have a front row seat to their formation and growth and invite Jesus into this process with them. And I just remember it just, it just kind of messed with me for a few weeks of just feeling like, uh, he doesn't want to hang out with me. He wants something from me and then complaining about it and then feeling guilty about it. And so it just kind of sent me into a tailspin a little bit for a few yeah. weeks, but I'm just thinking, Oh, and I remember sarcastically thinking in my head, Oh, let me go out to you know, back to my house and take off my pastor hat and let me, or my friend hat. And let me put my pastor hat back on where I thought I just walked in with the wrong hat yeah, uh, yeah. To, that- to grab a beer with him. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you should have actually walked home, put a different hat on and come back. <laughs> I distinctly remember what physical, literal ball cap I was wearing when I walked in and, and, and I just, I don't know. And he didn't, I, I don't even want to mention this person's name because they didn't, they, yeah. they weren't tricking me. They weren't, I, I, they, they did it in a very appropriate way, but I think it just, the way it was described, my expectations were set up yeah. for, I've had a full ministry day and now I get a chance just to kind of just exhale and just be with somebody that knows me. And then I realized, Oh, nope, I'm still on the clock, still working today. I still got a few more hours to go. And uh, I think it was just, yeah, I think we all need those spaces where people don't need us. Well, and and I think, I I think what I appreciated about having this conversation with pastors is we're all shaking our heads like, yeah, totally. (laughs) I get it. And I think, I think the temptation is, is to hear like, Oh, pastors, they're, they're needy people. And like, they don't want to be bothered with their issues. It's like, that's not, 
that's not what any of this is at all. It's just recognizing that sometimes the greatest thing you can do for your pastor or for someone in leadership is just be like, how are you doing? Shut up and listen. And like, just from the perspective of serving that person. And I think like, I, I hear you. I, I feel like just recently I got bait and I, for, for me, I'm a little less spiritual. I just call it straight bait and switch. It's like, you know, Hey, what's going on? How are these going? Great. And then it's like, Hey, can I ask you a couple of questions about something? I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. I can do it. And again, part of it is I, I know there, there does, there is some overlap in our, in our roles uh, sure. and, and who we are. I think because yeah. Pastors who who are my, my and I don't know if this is true, but my sense is pastors who feel this way fully show up. They yeah. they show up fully with who they are, and that's where it's hard because sometimes it's like they also in the showing up as as they are, they need people to show up fully as they are and just allow them that space to be reciprocated. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. In the midst of that though, just as we're leaning into the week of Thanksgiving, mm. let's 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 turn the corner here just a little bit and talk about gratitude because even in the midst of such a terrible year, mm. and, and I use terrible, you know, I know it hasn't been all been terrible, but I think <laughs> there's just been so much heaviness, right? Uh, again, we've used the word unprecedented and unprecedented amount of times, but unrelenting right? The uncertainty, this ambient anxiety that exists, the intensity. I had a pastor this week say to me, can I just make one decision where I don't tick off half my church? It's <laughs> like just whatever decision I make, half the church seems angry. At me. Yes. And, uh, and yesterday I got a text from a, a, a guy that I coach in the Midwest and he's part of a large church and has several campuses. And he just said, I'm thinking about quitting. Mm. Talk me off the ledge. Tell me why I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a hard season. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage all of us, even though it's been hard, it, it can be easy to focus all on the, the difficult side, but to not just this week because it's Thanksgiving, but how do we train our hearts toward gratitude? And Doug, I've shared this before. You know, one of the things I do, and it's been done by a lot of people, but I've been doing it for the last several years, is just doing a gratitude journal in the morning. Some people do a thankfulness journal, but for me, the G word is more important to me than the T word. So I, and I make it a spiritual practice. I, the first thing after my coffee, when I sit down with my journal is I write gratitude. Like, even though it's the same word I write at the beginning, I date it, I date the paper. And then I write gratitude. And then number one, God, I'm grateful for. Number two, God, I'm grateful for. And so to me, it's instead of just listing what I'm grateful for, I have to turn it into a prayer. God, I'm grateful for. And so sometimes it's as simple as God, I'm grateful for hot coffee this morning. I'm grateful for that, you know, tree outside my window. That's just the, you know, the bush is on fire right now with how, how red and orange and yellow it is, which is beautiful. And sometimes it's bigger things, but for me, that's, uh, an important practice in my own life that the first thing I do in the mornings, there, there's gratitude. And this morning, even I just was so overwhelmed in Titus chapter three, um, I just felt compelled to read Titus uh, this morning. And in Titus chapter three, it says this, but when the kindness of God, our savior Mm. and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of his mercy through the washing of the new birth and the renewing of the Holy spirit, whom he poured out on us in full measure through Jesus Christ, our savior. And so since we have been justified by his grace, we become heirs, 
with a confident expectation of eternal life. Mm. And, you know, I've read that before. I've preached that before, but it was just like sort of welling up with tears this morning for gratitude for that kind of God, that even Mm. in a tough year like 2020, that the kindness of God is still here the kindness of God, and that he saved us on the basis of his mercy. So sometimes they can be small things like a warm cup of coffee, and sometimes they can be, it can be gratitude just on the, the basis of, of his mercy through his kindness. So, Doug, what are some ways you're cultivating gratitude, or what are you finding you're grateful for in this yeah. season? Yeah, it, it's been a struggle, JR. I think uh, it feels like in some ways I've really had to focus in on training my soul to begin to to believe that Christ plays in 10,000 places. Like I love mm. that title of, yeah. of the Peterson book years ago, but uh, just very simply this week, uh, I had to go to the dentist to take my kids there. I, I if there's any dentist out there, I love you. I don't like going to the establishments and some of it's just because uh, the particular dentist we go to just takes forever. And I just go in there with a bad mood because it's just going to take such a long time. And the mm. woman this morning as I was sitting in silence and just like asking the Lord, Lord, where did you show up yesterday? He kept bringing me back to the dentist. I'm like, Oh, the dentist. <laughs> and there was this, this beautiful cheery, uh, receptionist behind the desk who just went out of her way to make people feel welcomed and comfortable. And like, just her closing statement. I hope you have a great day as I was walking out the door, continue to come back. So like seeing him in the little things I think has been really important. Just even this morning as I was out on my, on my, my whatever run, it's not really a run, but as I was out this morning, just all the leaves uh, on this beautiful Japanese maple were down on this silver truck. And so the red and silver was just a beautiful contrast, like just beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, I'm finding, I'm finding that I'm trying to store up all the little things because I'm finding it harder in some of the big things. Mm. And so cultivating gratitude in that way, I think too, just trying to find spaces where I get to talk about what I'm grateful for with others has been really helpful. So with, with my, with, with mayor, uh, and with, uh, just a few close friends, just where am I noticing joy? Uh, are the, the, the guy that I pastor with at Renew, uh, Ben, he's, he had us, we've been in this series called joy strength and he's just done such a great job of helping us frame looking for gratitude in some of these places. And, and understanding joy is, is this deep, deep spiritual discipline. And so, yeah, those are some of the things too. Um, and I, yeah, same thing. I'm not a journaler. Uh, I, I'm the guy that has a lot of, uh, sorry, I used to be a guy that had a lot of journals that were about th- uh, half to three quarters written. But over the last few years, I've become very consistent in journaling gratitude. And yeah, same thing for me. There's just something about writing down three or four things every day, whether yeah. it's big or small, even even if I'm literally that sour and I'm like, there's nothing good uh, when mm. I'm fully in that bad space uh, to in some ways fake it till I make it and just, yeah. just, just write it down. I, I just, I have to do it. Yeah. With Thanksgiving coming up this week, one of the things that our family has done uh, for a few decades, actually, I remember doing this even as a kid is that after Thanksgiving meal is done, but before we have dessert, so kind of letting our food settle a little bit uh, at the top of our place setting at Thanksgiving are always five corn kernels. And one of the things we do is just while the food is settling and we're we're waiting for dessert in a few minutes is we all go around one at a time and we just say, I'm just very thankful in the season for 
And each corn kernel represents uh, one thing that we're grateful for. We want to voice with everybody around the table. There's not a time we've done that where we haven't ended up in tears or told stories or there's been laughter. It's been all the above uh, that we've done in that. And I think that's so important for us, especially this year. So if you're looking for something to do um, with your family this year, just find some corn kernels and just put five corn kernels at the top of your place setting um, around everybody, everybody's place around the table, whether it's big or small uh, this year. And when people say, what's this about? Just say, wait, I'll tell you when we're done with eating, but before dessert. And it just is a great break in the middle of that time. And sometimes it's 10 minutes and sometimes it's an hour of just going around. So we go around the circle five times, one each time. And then we do that five times. And then we just look at all those corn kernels. We kind of put it in the middle and kind of build a pile there of everybody's corn kernels. And we just go, man, this just represents a small element of all the things the Lord has blessed us with and the way in which he's been merciful to us this year and he's blessed us in ways we didn't deserve. So maybe that can be a very tangible, practical, tactile thing that you do this Thanksgiving as a way of cultivating that this week. Jer, I love that. I think that's so helpful for us. Yeah. And so as you all gather around your tables this week, we're just, man, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the work that you do. We're thankful for the unseen uh, stuff that happens and the stuff that is seen. We, we know this has been a challenging season. Uh, it feels unrelenting and the winter is just starting. But what we also know is that we do serve a God who's faithful and we can be thankful because he has given us so much and he will continue to be faithful and help us in all the areas of our life. And so, brothers and sisters, uh, we pray that in this season, uh, in this beautiful week of Thanksgiving, that you would be connected deeply with the spirit of gratitude and that that's the spirit of gratitude would overflow into your life and into your ministry um, and that you would just notice it in some of the most strange spaces, whether it's in cranberries or whether it's it's in the dentist, that you would just begin to see uh, a, a hilarious God who continues to come around and just show up in the really obscure spaces. And so happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Thanks.